Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are with us in season two, we are glad you're back. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. Hey, y'all, Jen Gorecki here. Uh, Before we get into this episode, I just want to uh, preface it with a little bit of an update. When Jillian and I recorded this, we didn't know who the next president of the United States was going to be. And yet we still had plenty to say about the election. This episode is all about white women and all about the 55% of them who voted for somebody who has made it very clear about how he feels about underrepresented genders, people of color, and the environment. Just want to give you a fair warning. I probably use the F word more in this episode than I ever have before, and for very good reason. There, there, there aren't enough F-bombs that I can drop to capture the incredible disappointment, anger, and frustration that I feel around women not being able to come together and do what needs to be done to make this country and this world a better place for everyone. This is far beyond politics. In fact, it has nothing to do with being a Republican or a Democrat. It has to do with your values and your morals and who you're willing to stand up for and stand next to. Hope you enjoy this episode. Please make sure there are no young children around when you're listening to it. And we cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this subject. So yesterday, all I ate was a half order of super nachos from Super Burrito. And because it's the only thing I ate, what that meant was that I started on them at around one o'clock and didn't finish them till about seven o'clock. And also I might've smoked half a packet of cigarettes yesterday. I'm just kind of pausing on the visual because I'm getting a little bit of like a married with children vibe of you like smoking over the nachos and potentially even like ashing into them and eating, um, which is gross. But I do I do feel like a lot of how we all felt yesterday um, 
was pretty gross and how we're still feeling is pretty gross. And I hope the second half of the super nachos is in the fridge for you and can be and can sustain you because um, you're going to need some energy in this fight. Um, my, my sweet friend, Jennifer. Thank you. Girl. Well, just Girl. so, just to set the record straight, I smoked outside. I ate the nachos inside and I didn't ask in my food, but I appreciate the visual. Also, there's nothing left over because I ate all of it because it's all I ate all day long. But yes, that is uh, very, that, that scenario is very indicative of how gross we're feeling right now because we are recording this. It is November 5th, uh, 8.23 p.m. Pacific. We still do not know who the president of the United States is going to be. Uh, not going to say anything to jinx it because everything's really close. Um, but Jillian and I were chatting about there's so much to talk about that has nothing to do with who wins or who loses and um, actually nothing to do with Democrats or re Republicans. Um, this really has to do about where our values and morals as a country lie right now. Um, yeah, I think one of the standout pieces, this whole like too close to call um, that we're all kind of existing in makes it's just so unsettling because you're like, yeah, it isn't just a matter of like, first of all, the whole two party system is, is dangerous and has been for decades. And that's a whole other thing to dismantle and to think about kind of rebuilding and reimagining that we wouldn't have more than just two choices and, and what that means um, for the history of our country and, and for like an actual real representative democracy. But it just is that there's so much, um, it's almost like pinning like, I don't know, like racism against anti-racism, against like human mm -hmm. rights, against injustice. Like to me, this 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 divide, like you said, speaking about where our values are, is it feels just really dangerous regardless of who's elected because it's not like those 70 million people that aren't necessarily concerned with the rights of all humans, um, the rights of women, the rights of those that will inherit the earth from us, they're, they're not going to just, they don't just go away. It's like how we look at the legacy of, and I'll go back a little bit like for historical context, Jen, and just like cut me off or, or kind of redirect me if you need to. But it's not like those in the Jim Crow South went away. Their descendants became the people that we're fighting against now to dismantle white supremacy they're, they don't just like, it's not just like a flip of a coin, right? Or, or a decision at a poker game. It's like this, these deep embedded, sick policies and ideas of how um, social orders and, and social organization of, of humans just, just act in this case, don't cooperate, but basically just um, collide, I think. And, and that to me is what feels really unsettling and I don't even know what the work ahead looks like. And that's, I think, another part of just getting kind of nose to the grindstone of what, it, what does it look like moving forward? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that you definitely bring up a good point. Like this, this election could have been a referendum, right? Like it could have been a referendum um, around human rights, the environment, corruption, COVID, and it wasn't. 
because mm-hmm. we had the largest turnout uh, in mm-hmm. voters that we've ever had in the last century, which is awesome. That's actually like fantastic that people felt so passionate about this election um, that they went out and, and voted. And that's, that's a really good thing. It's, um, it's, a, it's a problem that we live in a country where people actively support racism and, and corruption. And, and it's not, you know, I, I hear a lot of people say things like, oh, well, people aren't informed or they're more concerned about the economy. And it's like, well, sure. But also like you, you have to like, we are letting people off the hook. If we think that this is, this is about not being informed, we're letting people off the hook. If we think this is about people are trying to protect their investments and their bank bank accounts. Cause at the very same time, people are voting for corruption and uh, voting for racism and voting for misogyny. And there's just not really any other way to look at that. And that's why to me, like this election feels, that is why I, I smoked half a pack of cigarettes and only ate super nachos yesterday, not because of, you know, who's going to win the election, but because of what a re- reflection this is on the United States. Like, this is America. We need to say, like, and I know tons of people have been saying this, and, and they've been saying it for a long time, and I'm certainly not the first one, but for us to think that we live in any other country than this, we've been fooling ourselves. This is the country that we live, live in, um, and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who's who's president. And and the last thing I'll say before I turn it over, over to you, fuck some white women. Fuck mm. you, white women supremacists. More mm. women, more white women voted for Trump in 2020 than they did in 2016. Fuck all of you white women. You are the fucking problem because you are too fucking afraid to lose your own power and your own prestige that you will actually continue to, to put your thumb over people and to rub your heel on people so that you can protect yourself. And that is some fucking bullshit. Fuck you, white women. So this is like a little bit of a, a little bird walk of tangent. So today in the car, Micah decided to yell a lot. She was like yelling these fake sneezes. And I was like, you know what? We're just going to fucking yell. And so we were like, ah, And I was like, no. And then I was like, God bless you. And I was like, this is so cathartic right now because I want to just be like, fuck you. As you just said, because that's the piece that is so troubling. Sorry for all the listeners that I just yelled at you, but you might need to just turn it up and yell with us right now because part of the the, the like release in that is it, it doesn't fix it anything, right? But it might just kind of like release a bit. And that fuck you, Jen, I just, I want to echo it because what I find really troubling about it in all that you just said, there's a lot for me to kind of kind of process and, and, and kind of comment on because I think there's a piece of it that I feel there's like a sympathy aspect of like feeling so compassionate for women that would vote for Trump where I'm like, what level of self hate or internalized, um, fucked upness. I don't think that's a clinical term, but I might have, you have have compassion for them right now. 
Well, here's the thing. No, yes and no. Like no, because I'm a hard no. I'm a hard no. I'm okay. So I'm like, if you're, if you're, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of like, okay, just walk me and maybe not, maybe like, let's just walk through this together. Definitely hard no. Like I definitely don't have, if you're like, again, I, su- I support this candidate because of my taxes and because of the economy. One part of my compassion goes out. Cause I'm like, well, you're a fucking moron. Cause you have no idea how the economy works and you don't understand the inc- intricacies or how everything's interconnected. So if we, for example, open up um, the Arctic refuge to drilling, because you think that's going to make gasoline a little bit cheaper for you, it's going to make things like way more expensive in the long run because of climate change and climate justice. Oh, but that's right. You're one of the few privileged that will maybe get to live a little bit longer before the planet implodes upon itself because of how much we're fucking it up by not keeping oil on the ground and not moving towards something like a green new deal or or, a green economy. So I guess part of me just does feel a little sad that you would think that that's like the direction. Like I feel sad for my neighbor down the street who has had their Trump signs taken down and then they felt the need to put a surveillance camera in the tree with a little sign that's like smile you're on camera like I feel like they're psychopathic I feel like they suffer from mental health problems and I feel like they're really fucked up at the core so I don't know if compassion's the right word is that making sense I don't want to I don't feel bad for them but I because I kind of wish they could all just be like eradicated off the face of the earth and that's a horrible thing to say but sometimes I'm a terrible person so let's just if that hasn't been said before, we can say it now. But I just I'm much, I'm much more of a ter- terrible person than than you. But here's here's the thing. So if someone has mental health, does that make sense? It, 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 it's a mental health better? issues. Yeah, but okay. But here's what I want to say: If people have mental health issues, that's nothing to make fun of, right? That's but to think that people support Trump because they have mental health issues lets them off the hook. Not everyone True. who supports okay. Trump has mental health issues. Like, that's not the problem. It's that they they don't have a problem with the way that he behaves, mm-hmm. with the things that he says. They don't have a problem with it. In fact, many people are in support of it. Many, like, many people look at what he does and see how that sees how that benefits them. So surely, if someone has a mental health problem, of course we wouldn't um, you know, denigrate them over this, but this is not a mental health issue. We, we can't say that, you know, 70 million people in the United States who voted for Trump, the reason why they did it is because of mental health. And then the rest of the people who voted for Biden are, are uh, you know, psychologically healthy. Like that's, that just, it, it sets up this like weird hierarchy of like who's mentally stable and who's not, but it also just lets fucking racists off the hook. So those those 55% of you white women who voted for Trump, I'm still fucking coming af- after you all. I don't feel fucking compassion for you. Jillian is a much nicer person than I am. Everyone who's been listening to Juicy Bits knows this, <laughs> that she is much nicer than I am. And so, I mean, I, 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 I'm saying fuck the them. Word. I guess I want to think that they're fucking psychotic. Because I'm like, if you can mm-hmm. support someone who is like an irrational, dangerous fucking hate-filled a-hole then I have I guess part of me like wants to believe that you're that you're like me- that you're fucking sick in the brain like you are yeah but you're not like this. that it benefits oh them everything that he's doing benefits them like but this you know it doesn't like 
is it's it's very I don't know. So there are a lot of like not well off and like lower to lower income white folks that are in his demographic that they don't benefit from a fucking thing that they does. I feel like they've they, yeah Germany. they've bought into that where they think they like see themselves in him or they're like yeah we're gonna make this great again and I, I it even makes me like throw up in my mouth a little bit saying that phrase so retract but they it's like they see themselves in him they think that they're gonna like become him I don't know I and that's where I feel like there's this it's it's a sickness and it's fucking gross so compassion is like maybe it's pity and it is also a little bit of like a fear because of the sense of um god powers maybe not the right word but just the sense of that collective vote of what it could potentially mean moving forward for all of the things that we hold so dear and so true in terms of justice and human rights and rights for women and reproductive health and the idea of a fucking moron sitting on a Supreme Court nomination for life that's going to change the access to safe abortions for like, oh, I can't, I can't even. So right, no, but I'm going to, but I'm going to say yeah, this. Sorry. She's not a moron. Like yes, that, she no, she's a calculated <laughs> like calculated, intelligent woman whose values are different than us. Like she, it's not that she's not smart. It's that this, Mm. this woman fundamentally believes that abortion is wrong and women shouldn't be able to make their own decisions. Like she, that is what she believes that has nothing to do with, um, intelligence. It has to do with your values. Like she, she doesn't believe that the government should provide healthcare to Americans. Like th- this is like, this comes down a hundred percent to values. And, and for all of the, you know, all of the people who are either, you know, in the, in lower economic brackets or, or women, um, or other underrepresented ge- genders, um, or, or, um, underrepresented races who voted for, for Trump, there is, you know, there is, there has always been this idea of the American dream and that all you have to do is work hard to get there. So if you see someone who's touting that and says he's going to take care of you, like you, you know, you might just go along with it because you think you can have those things too, because you don't realize, or you refuse to see that the, that the very things that, that, um, are being, that have been created the past four years actually create larger economic gaps. But this is what like, so poor white people think that they're going to get themselves out of poverty and benefit from rich white people are trying to fucking keep theirs. Mm. And that's why they're totally they're not stupid. They're like, Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't want to lose more to taxes. I don't want I don't want I don't want to have to like pay into health care. I don't I defund the police. Oh, hell no. I'm scared. I want police. Police have always served me. Right. So like, this is, this is like a, what are people trying to protect? What are people trying to, um, to keep, to hold on to? What are they afraid of? I don't think it has, I mean, clearly people who are more educated understand the nuances of these issues. Right. But there's plenty of smart people who vote for Trump because they're smart. 
Oh, they're see, smart. I won't give them an iota. Maybe I don't think there's. I mean, maybe they're calculated. I liked your use of that word, but I'm like, if you mm-hmm. have a shroud of intellectualism in you and a shroud of shroud, the right word, like a critical thought or any fucking context of anything. You so then you're just lying to yourself when you're like, I know for a fact that this is fucking morally wrong, but I'm gonna do this because I don't give a shit and I'm a I'm a terrible person and I want to control women, I want to dehumanize people that are different than me, I want to just maintain my power, and that's again goes back to where I'm like, you have to be fucking psychopathic. Like I just don't, I don't. They're they're not psychopathic, and also they they benefit from they they benefit from this like this is all of these things these people benefit so why would they vote against it why would they vote against like like america like you know the rest of the world always looks at americans and is like you guys are a bunch of selfish motherfuckers mm-hmm. like this this it and it is like it's it's baked into the 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 dna of being an american right the rugged individualism the puritan morality work ethic of pull yourself up by the boot bootstraps like that is baked into our, our culture it's who we are and this rugged individualism also manifests itself in a way where like we as a nation have a very hard time about thinking about other people like and this comes down to a values thing mine i need to protect mine i need to and, and mine even being like the nuclear family right mm-hmm. um but it's, it's, yeah, I, I just, um, there's, these people are mentally stable. They're just fucking assholes. They're just fucking assholes because they think more about themselves and they think more about holding on to their power and they and they don't have to think about other people. They don't have to, they don't have to see themselves as different. They don't like, they have been upheld as the standard of normal that everything else has been compared to for their entire lives. So it's not even something that they think needs to be changed. Well said, my friend. I'll tell you that, that it's it's evident in, in our foreign policy exactly what you mm-hmm. touched on, even in just how we are we trot ourselves out around the globe and how we protect our interests. And we do it at the expense of, of other um, nations and other people and, and definitely other value systems. And I think that that sense of as you spoke, if it's, it's kind of like woven into our fabric, then mm-hmm. your, your value systems, if they're at all jolted in a way, you can easily kind of clutch back on to that protective, well, this is how, you know, my neighbors think. And this is, it's almost like this, uh, it's like the collective um, conventional wisdom that's really, really not wisdom at all. It's just the, the what you threw it out, the, the hegemony, the hege- the hegemonic structure of mm-hmm. keeping itself in place and not and not really disrupting that because then you disrupt that power structure and then you go to like really great thoughtful um, people that do work around power and around leadership and there's like not an infinite or a finite amount of power like you can actually mm-hmm. lead with uh, power and not be like power over, right? You don't have to lead with this sense of fear and you don't have to lead with the sense of, you know, loyalty and, and like subscribing to somebody's every 
tweet or every um, waking movement or breathing, you can actually, there's like an infinite amount of power and it can be shared and it can be like an actual cultivation of the human spirit and the collective spirit and community spirit. And I think that's where we saw really strong momentum to combat a lot of what um, Trump's rhetoric is and what, what we've dealt with over these last four years. It creates, um, meaningful work. But what's what what upsets me about that is what would people be able to do if they weren't just trying to defend their basic rights and their basic livelihood or their basic um, access to education or healthcare or housing and all the things that we see just ripped away from so many people just basically just just wanting to exist in in a in a whole sense and in a human sense and so again regardless of who is elected and regardless of what party moves forward there's still tremendous work to be done because it doesn't oh yeah it would be really scary. It's kind of like uh, electing Obama and thinking we're in like a post-racial society. And so just say we're, we're, we're lucky to, ha- to have Joe Biden elected and we have Kamala and then we're like, oh, okay, now we don't have to worry about like sexism because there's a female vice president. And so there's these really other like kind of dangerous pieces that come forward based on whatever the outcome is, because we all have to acknowledge that there's so much fucking work to be done on climate justice and on human rights and on gender equity and just not, not, how would I say, um, stomaching what we've been existing in. Right. And it's, and it's true. Like, I, I think, you know, as, as we look at sort of like ending this episode, because we don't even can talk about, like, we can't even talk about who the president is. It doesn't matter who the next president is because we're not, we're not moving past anything. And it's, and, but with that said is that, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been seeing, um, a lot in the, in the past few days, um, particularly on, on social is people saying like, we need to find a way to have common ground and we need to find a way to come together. I'm going to also call bullshit on that. Mm-hmm. And here's why, why should we have to move closer to white supremacy? Why yeah. should we have to move, move closer to a violation of human rights? Why should we have to move closer to destroying the environment? There are particular issues where there is not a middle ground. There no, is no middle ground. There, there are clear, there are clear paths forward, and that, and like, why? Because what we've been doing as a country is making everybody, essentially, except for cisgendered straight white men, fucking get like they're the ones who are supposed to con- conform. When do we actually say to people, no? We're not going. We're we're not going to find common ground on this, and mm-hmm. and we are we are going to push for progress. Like progress is going to happen. Change is going to happen. And this isn't about everyone getting along. Like this isn't about do you want pepperoni or do you want cheese. This isn't about like do we paint our buildings brown or do we paint them taupe. Like this, you know, like it's, yeah, it's not about, do, do, do we have a roundabout? Is it a roundabout or is it a, a stoplight? Do we have tolls or do we have like all these like, fuck, like, no, these are like, why should we have to accept any pathway forward where we have to compromise on human rights and on the environment? Like we shouldn't actually have to do that. And the problem is we continue to be asked to do that by the very fucking people who have created the problem in the fucking first place and who they themselves have no fucking intention of changing anything. 
So I called fucking bullshit on that too. It was just like kind of like an air high five, little hug. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, because I think that it's kind of like, oh, I just can't wait till things like like go back to normal. We don't have to talk about this. And I think that's a piece of like a sense of privilege, and it's a sense of like the white fragility is like, oh, can't we just go back to where it was when I was comfortable with all? And it's like, no, actually, you need to sit in the discomfort that people like are literally like birthed into because of the society that we have allowed to exist as long as it has that you are not given access to the same things based on your race and your gender and your the way you show up in the world and I think that's the piece talk about progress it would be like moving to the space where those are essential topics of conversation perpetually they're in our they're, they're in everyone's vocabulary. They're in our schools. They're in, um, you know, our, our businesses. They're just a part of the way we navigate through life. And it's not a matter of like, Ooh, don't let, I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. It's like, no, we're actually all sitting in this discomfort because that's what the progress I think demands is that everyone's in that sense of discomfort. And maybe then there's like, we're moving towards something that's like a collective goal. And so what I find a little unsettling is those that as you, as you spoke to really eloquently, Jen, are those, those fucking assholes that just want to sit and like re and they're like, just going to wait. And they're going to fucking go in their like underground fucking gross layers and mix up their more like white supremacy lies of everything we've dealt with from fucking, the 1400s up until yesterday of this sense of white superiority. And it's so interesting because as a, as a white female, it's like, I just, I, it's like, you just want to fucking shed it. I want to be like, we fucking suck. Like it's, there's nothing exceptional about us. There's nothing. And it's so sick for day after day that people just get to, especially cisgendered white males, they just get to be fucking exceptional for existing. And it's like, if we can all give people that information, they can stop like, putting them up on pedestals to the point that they're just like, Oh, I just get to like walk through the world and be a fucking dick. And everyone's going to get out of the way for me. It's like, no, let's put up some fucking roadblocks and like make you actually do something to be worthy to be seen in the way that you are. Right. And, 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 you know, it should be that, um, nobody gets to hold that, that singular position of, of power. That's the problem. And like, and doesn't that actually come back to this very issue is that the people who are squashing change, who are preventing change, are the people who think this is this is a replacement. They think that like that this is a, this is a swap. Oh well, if I don't get to be in power, then that means black people are in in power. How about we reconceive the society, the world that we live in, where it, it we don't have to centralize power um, uh, around one gender in one race. It doesn't actually have to be that way. We have created it. All mm-hmm. of this, we built it. We yeah. manufactured it. We have every ability to deconstruct it, every ability to say, we're going to have a different way of, of doing this. But once again, like there's too, too many people who 
aren't necessarily interested in in this sort of like radical reconstruction, but see like, well, this is the world and I'd rather be on top than be on the bottom. Well, yeah. And then you're looking at like that, I think of Freire and the idea of like the oppressor then being oppressed, right? So that sense of like, there has to be an exchange or a flip. And then I um, would you know, can kind of speak to it a little, but I think of like the circular flat leadership that the Zapatistas use of just like it being rotated. And then, and again, it's circular. So it's non-hierarchical. Like there are so many creative ways to think about how you would imagine communities creating organized living. And I'm not like all for that sense of structure, but I do recognize that there's some level of like kind of the social contract buy-in that we all have to abide by on some level, because there's like a give and take exchange of, you know, public health and services for, you know, um, a, a participation, excuse me, participation in, in society. And so what that looks like takes, like, I like that, that radical reconceptualization. And then there's also some things that are really not fucking rocket science that literally come down to acknowledging that you are not fucking better than anybody else. Like what a concept. Can everybody get that memo? Like mass email, get it in your census packet, get it. You are not better than anyone else. I love, it's just like, there, you're not fucking better than anyone. Nope. So yeah. So we, we all get to exist in this discomfort and it's going to be very uncomfortable for at least the next 24 hours, if not into the next week. I hope that by the time all of you listen to this episode, that we know who the president of the United States is. I hope that we um, aren't embroiled in these in these intense legal battles, and I hope that we can actually think about like what the future is going to be. Because either way, we have a ton of work to do. And the next time Jillian and I record. I also hope that we have a president because we will have lots more thoughts. <laughs> Whomever that person is, we're surely going to have a lot of thoughts about what the next four years are going to look like. So I hope um, I hope everybody's hanging in there. I hope that you are taking care of yourself better than I am. I am not a good example. <laughs> I am not. I am not a good leader right now. I'm just like you know doing what I need to do. But you take care of you, and we will. Um, We'll be talking to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, we're, we got some work to do, motherfuckers, myself included. That's right. Bye, everyone. Mm, peace out. Peace out.